This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. Check them out at theropetrainer.com. Our friend and yours, John Smoltz, always says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers, so check them out at theropetrainer.com. I'm your host, Jim Cromer, uh, flying solo once again this week, uh, hoping to get Spiker back in studio next week and hit on a couple of topics that, uh, you know, between some things that he and I have been talking about. He's been traveling all over the place with his baseball club, and I've been watching a lot of games from the stands. and exciting times in major league baseball with the all-star game going on last night we had the home run derby and um you know there's lots of things that go on that happen whether it be at the youth level at the prep level um college level we just had the college world series you know all these things is where some of these topics come from uh today actually i'm curious to to discuss uh, some of the things that we talk about a little bit with launch angles and exit velocity and things like that had the opportunity to interview a gentleman that I met that's very well respected within the baseball industry. He works with, you know, all the way from kids all the way up to major leaguers um, it, with hitting and, and mental preparation for baseball. And it's, it's the great Kevin Wilson. Um, met him through our good friend Justin Stone at the, uh, at the ABCA a couple of years ago. And this guy is a wealth of knowledge uh, that just uh, has a wealth of knowledge that he loves to share with people. And uh, spends a lot of time helping coaches and teams understand how to implement some of this stuff. So excited about today's show and uh, and hearing from Kevin. I interviewed him for another show, actually, to talk about exactly what a hitting coach does, whether you be a private one, a professional one, and, and all these different types of scenarios. So just got me thinking that it might be a good topic because I'm sure uh, if you're like me and you have a young son or daughter playing softball, baseball, whatever it may be, daughter, son, um, you're sitting there hearing all these terms these days, and sometimes it's good to hear from the guys that are very good, the best at what they do, but yet they also have the ability to explain it in a fashion so that we can understand it. And then we can kind of sift through everything and see what makes sense for us. Uh, before we get to Kevin, though, let's remind you to check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. That's our website. It's where you can find the podcast. It's also uh, where you can subscribe, which is the easiest thing to do. It takes 30 seconds. Uh, you go to youthbaseballtalk.com, click subscribe to the podcast. You'll get a free notification each time the show has been released. Now, that way you can stay up to date with what we're doing. Sometimes we come out with some special editions or some some uh, shows with some products and things like that. So uh, happy to have you guys on board. Uh, you're the heart and soul of the show, no doubt about it. The, the topics, the, 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 tale, the tall tales we get from people and things like that are, are great to have and great for discussion. The interaction is second to none, and we do appreciate you guys greatly. So please check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. Social media is a great avenue for us to share information. It's also a great way for us to get our content out. Our ask of you is to to follow us on Twitter, at Podcast Baseball is where you'll find us there. Uh, If you're a baseball person, we're going to follow you back because we're interested to hear what you have to say. Uh, If you see us, tweet something out, especially the show link uh, where you can actually hear the show. If you guys would share that for us, we would greatly appreciate it. Same way on Facebook. Uh, just simply type in Youth Baseball Talk. You'll find us. If you'd uh, like our page, uh, you'll see some content come out from us from time to time. If you would share that, we would appreciate it as we're very sure that in your contact list through Facebook, you're probably associated with numerous people involved in this great game of baseball. Again, that's how the show has grown to where it is, and we do appreciate you guys greatly. 
uh, you know, lineupmedia.fm, can't thank them enough. Podcasting is where it's at. People are, you know, they're, they're getting away from radio. It's not completely dead for sure. But that being said, people want to listen to what they want to listen to when they want to listen to it, and more importantly, how they want to listen to it. So, you know, you've got your phone, you've got your computer, you've got everything right there at your fingertips. Check them out, lineupmedia.fm. I assure you they take your entertainment time very seriously. They are the fastest-growing podcast company on the on the planet and you will find a podcast there i assure you besides this one that you will enjoy very much so special thanks go out to them and, and all the gang at lineupmedia.fm especially my producer brian crock does a great job of putting the show together and you know we have all these different phone calls we make and putting together the 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 the, um, the segments and getting that stuff all lined out sometimes it's a last minute deal and he's here late and i do appreciate him greatly so uh, you know again can't do the show without all these guys. You know, again, the people that make this show possible, you know, Earl Perrin, John Smoltz, Chris Verna, all the gang at the at, at the uh, the rope trainer, you know, perfect pitch and throw. The rope is by far one of the most revolutionary products to hit this market in a very long time. I'm getting so many reports from people that I've talked to. I had passed some out at some, some uh, coaches clinic that I was at to some people that I knew. You know, they contacted me back and said, this thing is amazing and been talking to some people about wanting to do some stuff with it, a couple throwing guys and things like that. So, you know, I highly encourage you to check them out at the at the uh, ropetrainer.com. Uh, it, it, it just it, it makes sense. You know, that's the thing. We try to look at some things and, and, and take a look at it from from a distance and say, OK, what do we have here? What do we do? We've had the opportunity to speak to Chris Verna about it. We have scientific data now backing it up. We have personal uh, uh, reports from people saying, look, I've used this thing. My arms never felt better. I don't have this. I don't have that. You know, I, I just, I can't help but think that it's worth your time to check it out. So make sure you go check them out at theropetrainer.com. Yeah. The, you know, our, our guest today is a, is a tremendous baseball guy. He's a baseball lifer as I would, I would like to describe some of these guys. And I do it affectionately. I think most of the guys that I talk to that are, they feel fortunate that baseball's their life. You know, they've played it as a kid gave it everything they had some guys made it to the highest level some guys didn't quite make it some guys got a cup of coffee whatever it may be but those guys that turn that then into a labor of love as i like to say uh some of those guys would consider themselves the luckiest guys on earth i would have to believe that this gentleman probably feels the same way let's welcome in kevin wilson from kevin wilson baseball what's going on pal What's going on? Thank you so much for having me again. It's great to be back on the pod. Yeah, no, great having you. Um, you know, again, we, we, we pride ourselves on having what we believe are some of the top guys in the country at what they do. Influencers, as we like to call them. Um, you know, we typically pride ourselves on not giving a stage to craziness. So whenever we can have guys like yourself on that do it right, do it for the right reasons, try everything they can to help everybody that they come across in the game, we feel very fortunate. So, again, thank you so much for being on the show. And, and again, we've had you on before. It was a great episode, had a lot of great feedback from it. But, uh, you know, I thought it was time to have you on again with all the changes going on within the game. of When I say changes, I just mean things are different than they used to be. It's not like, you know, we're reinventing the wheel here. But I get a lot of questions from parents about certain things uh, that are that a lot of terminology that we're hearing. And I thought you'd be great to have on for it. So before we get into it, um, just tell our listeners a little bit about uh, who Kevin Wilson is and what Kevin Wilson baseball is doing. Sure, absolutely. Uh, uh, we started in 2001, Kevin Wilson baseball. And, and what I am is I'm a, I'm a private hitting consultant. I'm a behind the scenes, um, kind of a life mentor, life coach, and a hitting coach to major league and minor league players. So um, I think about 10% of what we do is swing, and then 90% is having a conversation and 
and trying to help these guys uh, through the ups and downs uh, of a professional season and a professional career. So very fortunate, very blessed to, to be a, a very small part of a bigger puzzle and a much uh, something much bigger than myself. And I love to be able to, uh, you talked about influencing, I love to be able to uh, provide uh, influence, provide guidance, um, mentorship, um, tough love, all that wrapped into one. I love to be that person to be able to uh, help others because that's my why. I wake up every day and say, how can I help somebody? And so I happen to do it through the game of baseball. Well, you know, as we as, as we try to get this game under control to some degree, it's it's just it's moving forward at 100 miles an hour is, is the way I kind of term it to some people. We can we can try to wish it back, but but what we need to do is embrace the change, but yet try to implement things to still have it be what it's supposed to be, and that is a game for kids. And some kids have more passion for it than others, and that's fine. It really doesn't matter. But as a parent, you try to sift through all this stuff, right, and say, okay, what's right, what's wrong for my kid. Well, I don't know that the terminologies and the things that go on within the game of baseball, I don't know that they're any any more of a help to parents than they can be a hindrance. So anytime I have these topics, it, it's great to have what I consider to be an expert on, on the field. On So having you on today, um, the thing that comes to mind that I want to talk about that I get a lot of questions about are some of these new terminologies that it's obvious they're – they're trigger words because whenever Major League Baseball gets on something, it, it, it's because people are interested and it, it gets people talking at water cooler, whatever you want to talk about it. It used to be the miles per hour. I mean, you know, when, when, when the games were being broadcast and all of a sudden you started seeing the radio, well, there's a reason for that because people are interested in it. Well, the new thing that it seems to be the hot topic things are launch angle and exit velocity. I, you know, I get a lot of stuff from people so I want to cover these kind of things with you today. First off, what I would ask you to do is kind of, you know, I guess give us the 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 baseball for dummies version or the 101 version of what exactly like when they say launch angle and exit velocity, what are they what what is it? Well, I mean, it, it's a number of things to a number of people I found out. Um and I think that's that's where uh, a lot of this I think is getting um getting into muddy water sometimes with, with, especially with youth, like we're talking about. Um, but essentially, uh, launch angle just is, hey, did, you, did you get a ball in the air? Not, not a pop-up. Uh, did you hit a line drive? Um, you know, did you drive a baseball into the gap? Um, you know, and I think we all can envision what that looks like. You know, I think a lot of people misinterpret getting a ball in the air as a pop-up uh, that a shortstop is calling for on the infield or an outfielder is camped under. Um, that's not what launch angle is. It's being able to backspin a baseball, being able to hit a, a low rising line drive that happens to go over the fence when it hits 381, <laughs> uh, the 381 foot mark, um, stuff like that. So, so um, I, it's been around the game forever, in my opinion. I, I think that uh, things haven't changed. I think there's just uh, a name attached to it now. Um, and that now there's a stat to it. Um, things like stat cast and all that kind of stuff for the fans. I think that's, more so for the fans and the players. Certainly players do take advantage of it, um, but they, they all take advantage of it a little bit differently. But at the end of the day, it goes back to, hey, can I backspin a baseball? <laughs> you know, can I get a ball, can I get, drive a ball, a line drive, or a, a, a rising line drive or something that I can drive? Um, so that, for me, is the simplest form. Launch angle is, hey, can I, can I backspin a ball in the air um, and, and, and hit that ball hard and drive that baseball? And, you know, exit velo just has everything to do with how fast it's coming in. 
I think a lot of the, a lot of parents and a lot of um, you know young people they get it. Uh, I think they get it twisted nowadays. Is if I, for example, you know my son's eight. I can't expect my son at sixty pounds to <laughs> hit off a Tanner T uh, exit velocity of ninety miles an hour. You know he's got a great swing. Um, he I've never taught him a thing. He just hangs around the stadiums and hangs around the games and he likes it. And and the exit velocity off the tee means nothing. Um, the exit velocities you see in the big leagues, the guy hits at 115 miles an hour. Well, let's let's do the math here. The ball's coming in at 96. Uh, Aaron Judge weighs 280 pounds, and when 96 meets 280 pounds of force when he makes contact, naturally the ball's going to go out faster than it came in. So I think, and again, in the simplest simplest terms, is. Uh, launch angle and exit velos are just now there's names and, and phrases attached to something that's always been around the game. Uh, back in the day, it was like, oh, that's great line drive or way to hit the ball hard. That was good. Now it's like, oh, great launch angle at, you know, 16 degrees and your exit velo was at 98. Great job. So I guess that's, if that makes sense, I feel like it's just the same, but now we just got, you know, names attached to it. Yeah. You know, and again, I think sometimes you say something with different terminology and you start thinking there were changes. I've, I've had that conversation with a few people and I've tried to explain them. Well, there's always been launch angle and exit velocity in baseball. It's just that you didn't have way, way back when it was probably harder to see what it was or, or, or track it or whatever, you know, use analytical data and things like that. Uh, the misconception I think that comes in with it is, is people start automatically think, thinking and, and rightfully so, if it's done incorrectly, is that, well, launch angle now has all these kids swinging for home runs and, and swinging and, and swing, you know, like remember the old days, you're dropping your shoulder, you're dropping your elbow, you're trying to hit too many home runs, whatever. So I think a lot of people are correlating, and, and maybe so, and Kevin, maybe you can tell us, you know, strikeouts seem to be up in the game. Is that the chase for a, for a better launch angle or more exit velocity? Is, is there a correlation there? And as, and as youth parents, should we be concerned? I'll, I'll take I'll take the latter one first. Um, you know, parents uh, should be concerned um, just because it, it's tough to be educated as a parent who's not in the game. It's just like any other sport that I take my son to. Like if I, I'm not educated in that sport, uh, I'm I'm in the same boat as a parent that's maybe not as educated as I am in or we are in uh, baseball. So I totally get it. And, and being a father to a, a, an eight year old, like I said. Um, we should be concerned more. Uh, let me let me back up. We we should be concerned, but I think it's it's pretty easy to to you know get yourself out of that pretty quickly. First of all, you know if your son or daughter, uh, whatever they're playing, if they're, if your child um, is swinging a, a bat and they're hitting the baseball uh, consistently, um, no matter if it goes up, down, straight, whatever. Um, we have to make sure that they uh, they are starting to get joy in the game, just making contact. Um, and if we can, if we teach them consistent contact, whether that means we just work off the tee for a while, whether it means we're just doing uh, practice. I'll give you an example. My son's not playing baseball at eight, not playing kid pitch. I kept him out, um, and I'm gonna probably keep him out again next year. Uh, number one, uh, he's probably not going to play in the big leagues, even though he's pretty good. Because the percentages say that it's one percent that gets there, uh, so I don't have any of these crazy dreams that we all know some of the parents have out there. Their kids are getting scholarships and big league uh, contracts, but he enjoys the game. He gets to spend enough time around baseball because um, he travels with me, 
but he has an understanding of how to square up a baseball. And I want him to still enjoy that, that moment of doing that. And at seven kid pitch, I know he's going to get bored because the, the, the balls, you know, they don't even go over the plate half the time. And I still think it's too young for kid pitch where we play at least at seven and eight years old. So I think that the concern is really not too much because you can control what your child, you talked about earlier, control what your child does. Um, I'm not pushing him in the seven U travel ball or eight U travel ball. I'm letting him do what he wants. And he's certainly not missing out on playing baseball because he's around it a lot. And we get his buddies together on a weekend and we just, uh, in his class and we just play and, and they're doing well and they're learning how to catch and throw and run. And we're making it fun. We just do games, just kind of like I did lessons back in the day in the baseball academy I had for many years. So that, that, you know, I, I think that just people are making a lot out of it because if, if my 10 year old's launch angle isn't right, or it's not right on the hit tracks or whatever, then he's not going to make it. No, I mean, the, the kid's a, a a poor version of himself 10 years from now. If he's 10, he's a poor version of what he is going to be at 20 just because of all that. And I think the the other thing with, um, and what was your second question? I'm sorry, Jim. What was the, what was the first one you, you asked me? Cause I want to cover that. Well, I was just basically covering, you know, is it a problem with launch angle and, and the chase for exit mm-hmm. velocity? Is, is it yeah, making the, the game? Strikeout. Yeah. Like, is that what's caught? Like, Again, I, I'm not I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people are always looking for excuses. Like they're always want to blame somebody. Like, well, you know, my kid's striking out now because this is what we're teaching them and this is what we're doing. So I'm just curious if you think there's a correlation between both of them. I think it can. I think it's like anything. Like um, it, it's it's going back to finding out what works for your hitter, your child, your player. Um, in the big leagues, it's it's different. I mean, the pitching pitching's good. Um, facing big league pitching is, is really hard to do. Um, and they can be done where there are guys that don't strike out much and they drive the baseball. Um, it just depends on what, what you're focused on, what your talents are. Some people are just more talented than others. Others have a better focus and purpose and plan at the plate. Uh, their values are different than other, other guys. Some guys just want to go and they want to crank home runs. And if they strike out, it doesn't matter. Um, it's their own beliefs and that's, that's the way they go about it. Some guys make a lot of money doing that. Um, you know, there's certainly, everybody has an opinion on what's better. Um, uh, and again, they're entitled to their opinion cause it is just an opinion, but, um, but I think at the younger level, we're talking about the youth. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it, it definitely is a problem. I've seen it be a problem where guys totally change their swings and their careers are over before they even began. And what they had before, they were trying to swing for a metric or swing for a number. What they were doing before that was just being on time to square up a baseball. And in fact, they were such a better hitter because of that. And we talk about simplifying it. Like I always like to say, you know this, like hitting is simple. It's just not that easy. And so a lot of these metrics, I think, at the youth level, people are enamored, enamored by the shiny object. Uh, they want the new phone. They want the new metric. They want the new, um, you know, like we're talking about launch angle or exit velo. Well, those are a byproduct of the purpose you have and the plan and approach in the plate. You know, there's guys you'll hear in the big leagues like, I, I'm i trying to get my launch angle up. Well, you know, it's as simple for some guys as, man, I just got to catch the ball out front. I got to be on time to catch the ball out front. Because if you catch the ball out front a little bit, your launch angle, all of a sudden, now you start to drive the baseball. Now it's not a line drive to the shortstop. That's, that's a ball off the wall or a home run. 
Um, I just bring an example of Ryan Zimmerman. I mean, if you look at Zim- tape of Zimmerman last year, yes, he was hurt because health is a huge part of that. That's for a whole other podcast about <laughs> how health affects your, your hitting. But, yes, he was hurt last year. But because of that, too, if you notice where he caught the baseball, where he made contact, it was deeper. So he had some of the highest exit velocity in the game last year. But a lot of it was on the ground um, only because of his contact point. So now this year he's healthy, number one. Number two, if you notice, where he catches the baseball, he catches it out front a little bit. And naturally when he catches it out front, boom, that ball that ball goes. And, and now he's got home runs and doubles and line drives in the gap and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, you know, I, it's overcomplicating things for 10-year-olds, in my opinion, when you start worrying about those things. But I can understand the comments and concerns because – most parents, and let's face it, it's the it's way more the majority. They don't know, so they count on guys like yourself and Justin Stone, Rick Strickland, Spiker Helms, my my co-host. They count on these guys that they entrust their kids to to say, okay, you know, what do I do? You know, how do I do this? And and for me, in the end, you know, that's what I'm trying to help people with because we get it all the time now. And if it's a buzzword, if it's something that's really happening. You know, I enjoy it. Your friend and mine, Justin Stone, did a segment a few years ago uh, through his EliteBaseball.tv, you know, the five common myths of hitting. And they were all, and I remember watching it, uh, or the five, five most common misteaches is what he called it. And God, I remember watching this thing going, man, I've been spending years saying all those terms and doing all those things. And, and, and then when I realized, okay, I was basically a band aid, is basically all it was was what I was doing. I wasn't addressing real problems. So I think a lot of people look at these things and try to decipher them for themselves and, and sift through it. But, you know, when a guy like you explains it out, it sure helps. Um, you know, to take it all the way now for our listeners, as an instructor and having a, a son yourself, and, and you have a great approach with him and it should be uh, admired um, and, and used as an example, what would you recommend to a young family whose kid is getting into this when they say, you know what, um, I want to get him some help with hitting. What would be your, let's just say, you know, what your recommendation would be and what should they look for? Well, first of all, and I'll go back to my, my uh, I got a parenting lesson when I had the baseball academy for many years. So I'll go back when I was younger without a family yet. Um, I, I would turn around and turn away parents uh, that came, brought their six-year-old in for hitting lessons <laughs> and they were none too happy. Uh, but again, I'm not going to take your money. And especially at that time too, even though I needed it because <laughs> I was young and like everybody, you're trying to get your, get yourself established. And it certainly wasn't making any in the minor leagues. Um, but I certainly wasn't going to take your money. Um, if you brought your six year old in, um, to do the same exact thing you can do in your backyard. And I explained to him, say, hey, before we even, can even start doing anything related to hitting or fielding or whatever. He needs to understand how to catch baseball. Um, he understand needs to understand just how to make contact with the ball. And these are things you can do for free in your backyard. Um, um, you know, off a tee, uh, you can do it with a tennis ball. You could do it with a wiffle ball, with a wiffle ball bat. So, so for parents out there, I, I've seen it myself where a lot of them, they get their kid into specialized training so early um, I, I, I always go with that, you know, I didn't start playing baseball till I was, um, you know, a freshman in high school and I played as a hockey player growing up. So I was late to the party. 
Um, and I had no specialized instruction. Obviously, guys before me had no private lessons, and they were okay. They did okay. Uh, certainly nowadays, there is a benefit to it, um, if, uh, but not at six. Not at six. So if a young family, you know, under the age of 10, um, you know, even if the, the child is, is pretty good, like my son, I'll, I'll be that dad that brags for a second, and he's pretty good. Is he the best? No. Are their kids better than him at eight years old? Absolutely. Um, and everybody grows and develops differently. But I'm in no rush to push him into anything that certainly he doesn't want to be a part of, number one. Number two, that I don't think he needs to be a part of at this time because you know, I'm not going to go out and give, uh, uh, give him to somebody to get, get lessons um, because he's eight and he doesn't need that right now. So a young family, fight the urge as much as you can because uh, your neighbor or somebody else on your team is sending their eight, nine, seven, ten-year-old to private lessons, um, play in the backyard with them, teach them the game. Even if you don't know the game that well, I think the beauty of uh, 2017 now is that thing called the Google machine. So if you if you want to uh, Google the basic fundamentals of the game, you know what base to run to, um, you know where where the shortstop is set up. There's a lot of things that I think you and I both did back when we were growing up that we just figured out on our own because we played in the backyard or we played in a field, open field somewhere. Um, so I, I know that neighborhoods are not like they used to be, certainly. Um, in fact, there's neighbors that I have. I, we've been living here for seven years. There's still neighbors I've never even talked to. So I get it. It's different. Um, but we have a field and there's a bunch of kids in our neighborhood that still go out. Um, not many, but they still do. And if not, my son says, hey, Dad, can we go out? Said, yeah, let's go out. We'll work on pop flies or ground balls or we'll do a fun game uh, to keep you interested. So fight the urge to go into that private uh, uh, hitting lesson or fielding or pitching lesson, God forbid, at, at a young age, and work with them a little bit in the backyard and just the fundamentals of catching and making contact and making sure they have fun, most importantly. Well, um, I appreciate you. You do such a great job, and you know we've had John before, and well received episode. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to, to to tell people a little bit about you know if if they're looking for some help and how you can help them. I, you know the the uh, you know I want you to be able to plug the the good batting book too. It's a it's an interesting thing that I think a lot of our listeners would be interested in. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean you can find out what we do and all the other things we do at kwbaseball.com. Um, the Good Batting Book is available on Amazon as well as we have a store tab on our website. Um, and the good, it's, a, it's, a, it's a book that uh, I've heard some, some people say, uh, which I, I love. I wish I'd come up with it myself when I wrote it, but I didn't. Um, I'm not that smart. But they, after reading it, they said, I wish I knew what uh, I knew after reading this book before I got to high school or even Little League or even college. Um, it's about hitting, uh, good batting is a hashtag that I, I like to use and a, and a phrase I like to use, but, um, a lot of that book is, um, just, you know, things that you wish you did know before you got to high school, meaning what pitch should I be hitting? Um, what swing should I have? Um, uh, what's focus? What's the importance of focus? What do I do when I'm not playing every day? Like what, what's the, uh, what's the protocol for being a bench player? Like what's my role? Um, you know, how do I hit the breaking ball? Stuff, stuff like that. It's very simple. Simple. There's no mechanics in there. If you're looking for mechanics, that's definitely not a book uh, for you. But if you're looking for the mental approach and trying to simplify and trying to uh, figure things out on your own, that's definitely, I feel, the book for you. Um, because I'm not, I always like to say that I can't teach you anything 
but I can make you think. And that's what the book, I wrote the book is to conjure up some thoughts and to let you kind of reflect on who you are as a hitter and where you want to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, the mental part of this is the thing that we don't give enough credit to for sure. I, and I know that, and I don't know, you know, parents, I think we want the game to be, you know, all about, you know, show him how to do this and then he can go out and do it. I don't think we understand how hard it is and, and we get a little caught up in it and it's okay. I, I say that all the time. It's okay as a parent to, to get a little caught up in that and to, and to wonder and, and think, but you know, thank God for people like yourself, the Steve Springers of the world that really bring a lot of attention to the mental part of it. And I think sometimes if, if people were to take a look at it a little harder and from that view, I think it would bring us back to reality a little bit. And we could all use a little bit of back to reality, especially when it comes to, to youth sports. So, um, again, I would highly encourage everybody to check it out. Uh, I'm interested in reading it myself, so I'll be ordering one. And um, uh, my son is at about that age, uh, you know, hitting high school, where I think it might be a good read for him as well. So I look forward to reading that, Kevin, and, uh, and, and seeing what I can learn from it. I appreciate you, Jim. Thank you so much for the opportunity again to, to talk some hitting with you. Well, let me tell you, anytime you want to come on, you're, you, know, you have so much knowledge to share, and at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do here is just bring the, the great influencers within the game, the, the guys that may, are making a difference, you know, the guys that we trust. And, and that's a key word for us here on the show is, you know, I've always said that I'm happy to have anybody on that wants to talk about anything. I, I would welcome guys that either you know, disagree with our philosophies or – or things like that. They're, they're more than welcome to come on the show. But at the end of the day, you know, we feel like there's a responsibility to some degree for us to, to have guys on that people can listen to that's worth their time to go, you know, like you said, the old Google machine, to go out and check it out and see for themselves that, hey, you know what, there's something to this. It's, you know, this isn't the old traditional money grab. This isn't the old traditional telling you what you want to hear. There's some substance here. So anytime we have an opportunity to have guys like you on, Kevin, you know, again, you're welcome anytime, my friend. Uh, thank you so much. Grateful. Just grateful for all that you're doing and, uh, you know, thankful to be on the show. Well, I appreciate you very much. And um, let's talk again soon. Sounds good. Thank you very much. That was uh, Kevin Wilson. Again, just a, a quality individual. I um, had the, again, met him at, at the ABCA through my good friend, uh, Justin Stone. You know, Justin himself does a great job. And typically what you'll find, uh, this is just personal. I mean, again, it's, everybody has their own stories and their own things. But for me, what I've noticed is, you know, the good and bad of, of this thing that we call youth baseball is that if you can find a way to get into that circle of people that do it right, you're going to find that those people then have their own circle, which has a whole bunch of people in it that are doing it right. So what you what you wind up doing is expanding your universe to include all these people that you can use as a resource. Because let's face it, you know, some people you connect with more. Some people are more available to you. Some people, you know, might touch on something that's more important to you at the moment, whatever it may be. But it goes the other way, too. So that's why we have to be so careful. When you put yourself in a toxic environment, if you put yourself connected with toxic people, if, and again, we're not dummies here, folks. Let's, not, let's get our heads out of the sand. Take a look at your surroundings, okay? If you find yourself in a bad situation, do something about it. Because I assure you, if you're in a bad situation, the bad situation is, is encompassing everything you're doing. Okay, it's the same thing. Bad people associate themselves with more bad people. That's how it got to be that way, I assure you. 
Very few people is it is it coincidence. I just don't believe in them. So again, if you find yourself in a bad spot, if you you know if you wind up on a team and you know they're good, but man, they're doing things that just aren't right. You've got to be the adult in the situation. And I'm talking to the parents out there and some of the coaches that find themselves hooked up in organizations. If you find yourself in a bad scenario, be the adult and make a good decision. Go get yourself into a good situation. Remember, things are not always as they seem. Just because a team's not winning, just because a team doesn't have the fanciest uniforms, just because they don't have this, that, or the other, doesn't necessarily mean that the situation is poor. Pay attention to the things that matter. Pay attention to the people that are running it. Pay attention to the people that are involved in it. Pay attention to how they do what they do. It's the what you should want for your kid that should mean the most. And again, whenever you have people, like I said, you know, you meet, you have the opportunity, like I did years ago, to meet a Justin Stone. My, my, my avenue to people like a Kevin Wilson, that's how it happened. And then through Kevin, I mean, I meet this guy, and then, you know, and Justin knows this guy, and this guy, and this guy. And then the next thing you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm involved with all these people that are out there, and they have a great message. They, they do it for the right reasons, and they just have a lot to offer. So pay attention to who you surround yourself with. You are who you hang out with. Don't ever forget that. If you haven't given your kid that advice when he gets to high school and he wants to be an athlete, you better well share it with him because I can promise you, you are who you hang out with. So... Um, you know, let's pay attention to those things. And anytime you have the opportunity to hear from a guy like Kevin Wilson or, you know, or these other great influencers, I, I think you should take the time. Okay, it's time now to go to some of our uh, major influencers here within the sport. We're going to start with uh, our good friend Kurt McNabb as he brings you the rope report each and every week. Uh, again, Dirtbag Baseball Nation, they do such a great job. And Kurt being associated with the guys over at the Rope Trainer. Uh, you know, perfect pitch and throw. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. So make sure you check it out. Let's head on over now and hear from Kirk over at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Holy cow, Jim. What a display of hitting at this week's Home Run Derby. It was awesome. Electrifying, fun, and most definitely Dirtbag Baseball Nation worthy. I don't usually get too ramped up, but I have to admit, my heart was pumping watching Judge follow up Boar's display in the first round all the way to the father-son team of the Bellingers. Stop and think about it realistically for a second. That was back-to-back incredibly glued to the action hitting displays under a lot of pressure, whether they admit it or not. Then we move into the game and see just as impressive a display of pitching the next night. Simply mowing down hitters with some exceptional defensive plays mixed in at opportune times. MLB must be sitting back and loving life with this crop of rookies all the way to the seasoned veterans. A showing like these are why I'm so passionate about this game of baseball as well as doing our weekly episode of The Rope Report. I think everyone knows now that our main focus here at the Baseball Nation is on the throwing and pitching side of the game, and I'm honored to be teamed up with Earl and his team at The Rope Trainer. Together, we are arm care specialists looking to educate players, coaches, and parents on using your entire body and not just your arm to create proper throwing mechanics. Proper throwing for all positions and especially pitching is all about understanding how to incorporate your entire body in order to take undue stress off of your arm as much as possible. Being able to repeat our delivery or throwing constantly takes a long time and is based on a variety of things such as learning to understand what's involved in throwing, how to feel your entire body throwing properly versus improperly, the kinetic chain of your body, knowing when to stop throwing based on your age or just simply your physical strength, and more as you evolve in the game. For example, I get asked or told regularly, 
Ah, they're only eight years old, so they have lots of time to learn. Sounds okay on the surface, but when you step back and think about it, it's wrong. If throwing or pitching is all about muscle memory, is it not crucial to start throwing correctly right from the beginning? If it takes 10,000 hours to become a master at something, you better understand at least whether or not throwing is being taught properly in order to understand if what you are doing feels right or not. It's crazy to me that a lot of times we just tell players to go and throw without proper guidance right from the beginning, and then we end up getting stuck trying to fix them after they've sustained an injury. If you don't see them throwing improperly to begin with, and it caused an injury, then how are you the person that's realistically able to fix the problem? Be aware of that, parents. Be aware of that, players. When I get players who have been injured, it doesn't take me any time to find the problem and educate them why they have had the problem and what needs to be fixed based on my experience. But where I run into problems is it takes time educating them, their parents, and their coaches that the throwing journey is a slow process and not an overnight accomplishment. Everybody wants it immediately and don't usually have the determination and mindset because of their lack of education to understand throwing and pitching is a journey with lots of highs and lows along the way. That's why I recommend the rope trainer to help you with this journey. Like I've mentioned before in the rope report, if used properly, you will gain a tremendous amount of understanding how the body needs to work in order to create sustainable development and that should be always your end goal. Please do yourself a huge favor. Go to www.theropetrainer.com and enter Dirtbag5 to order your very own throwing buddy. You'll never need to wait for your teammate or friend to practice throwing again. I'm Kirk McNabb of Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and that's all the time I have for this week's episode of The Rope Report. I can't thank each and every one of our listeners enough for continued support And I look forward to hearing from new people every week and talking throwing with you. Please be sure to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dirtbag Sports Nation, or sorry, at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. You can contact me personally at Kirk McNabb, number 29, at gmail.com, or feel free to call me at 519-836-6369. Or on my cell at 226-821-2402. Until next week, let's all continue to love this game and get dirty. Kirk never disappoints, and neither do the people over at uh, The Rope Trainer. Again, make sure you go to theropetrainer.com, check it out. And as my friend John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers, so make sure you check them out. Again, if you have any questions about that as well, you can send them in through here. Uh, I always encourage everybody, go back to the episode with Chris Verna if you have any of the, uh, the, the analytical-type questions or scientific questions that you may have because, again, um, you know the guy's tops in his field at what he does, and, and if he's going to talk about it, I'm going to listen. Another guy that I'm always listening to that I enjoy hearing from each and every week and in our conversations off the air as well is my good friend and yours, Justin Stone, with his EliteBaseball.TV training tip of the week. Take it away, Justin. Justin Stone here from EliteBaseball.TV, and I have Sam Flamini with me today, one of the players that's trained with me for a long time. And one of the things I noticed with some of my professional players and our college guys, so we're talking players that are 20 years and old and older, is oftentimes we'll be hitting, we'll be working out, and I'll have multiple players in the cage, 
And then you'll see them go off to the side, just kind of by themselves and start writing something in a journal or in a book. And some of my very best players, this is just common practice for them. This wasn't even something that I don't think I suggested, at least in, in my mind, that wasn't me. I don't know whether they got it from each other, but it's something that I noticed that helps players kind to, of reflect upon what they did that day, what's working for them, or things that didn't feel good for them. One of the things I bring up to all of our hitters is we all get into a panic mode, searching for answers when it's not going well. And all players are going to go through that stretch of time where things aren't going as well as they would like. Usually when that happens, 15 different thoughts arise in our mind, many of which start from the mechanical side, and it overfloods the player with too many thoughts that actually clog the system and keep them from going at their best pace, their freest mind, and allow them to just react and execute at home play. We know the more that we're thinking in the batter's box, it's kind of like putting too, much, too many socks in the top drawer. It doesn't allow the player to go with their full, utmost athletic potential. So I say reflect upon when it's going really well. What are you thinking? And usually the answer is, well, not much. I'm just seeing the ball and I'm hitting it. I'm just reacting. I'm letting my body do what I've done in its training. So I think it's important for hitters when they feel good to also reflect upon why. So I'm going to ask Sam some of the questions of things that he writes in his journal on a day-to-day -day basis. And I bring this up because if you told a 13-year-old to do that, Oftentimes, our 10-year-olds may not be as mature in order to put something down in a, in a notebook yet, but it's something with coach guidance or parent guidance of telling them things they need to have in a journal that it can help them, looking back on what they've done, what they're learning, or more importantly for an older player, how they feel. So Sam, when you, you go through your journal, think about when you first started it and where you're at today and the progression of a player. What are some of the things that you're putting in there? Let's start from a positive sense on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, so basically like whenever I'm hitting, I just try to, I try to focus on the things that I'm doing right at the time and just almost put those thoughts that I'm taking in my head and just put them down in the journal so I can kind of go back to them when things aren't going right and kind of help straighten myself out that way. Is it mechanical? Is it approach? mentality of how you feel because as a hitter that's always what we're trying to describe we go through drill work to create a feeling we take that feeling into some sort of a moving ball drill and then hopefully we take that feeling into a game with us too and all of them we're trying to get into a consistent feeling so is that more physical for you or is it mental the things you're putting in there yeah you know it's mainly mental stuff I mean, there's certain physical cues that I have that help me out mechanically and, and certain things that I do to try to get myself on time on a consistent basis but a lot of the stuff that I've written down is it just this summer that I've worked with you isn't the first time I've ever done this I've, I've in my iPhone I've taken notes on that before and a lot of the stuff I'll write down is just stuff I'm feeling in games stuff I'm trying to focus on in games stuff that works stuff that didn't work and it's really been beneficial for me to do that all right give me an example of something you put down that you feel like was noteworthy that worked for you like this was an aha moment for me as a hitter that I feel like I want to remember and revert back to can you give me a specific example on that yeah so actually so like, let's say a couple weeks ago we were hitting and, and I was kind of struggling the first couple rounds we took and stuff like that and you know I was I was trying to figure my way out and like try to think my way through and stuff like that and analyze it and think about all the things that I was doing wrong and things that I could correct in the moment mechanically and physically and mentally and stuff like that but I realized that you know the second that I just took my mind off that stuff and almost just said like, I'm just gonna let myself hit right now, that was like an aha moment for me because I'm, I've always been a guy who kind of thinks and analyzes stuff which has helped me out in certain situations. It's also been a detriment to me. And I realized that just trying to stay th as thought-free as possible and as loose as possible 
helped me to just give myself the best position to hit consistently. So what did you put in your journal? Stop thinking? I basically put, I literally like had like a bunch of stuff I was going to write down about the stuff I did wrong, stuff I wanted to correct, and all I, all I wrote down was just thought free equals success. There you go. I, I like that. So you, you see right there, the reflection process of Sam of thinking about, oh man, I'm not doing this right, I'm not doing this right, and then going in there and feeling a loose, carefree, thought free swing and becoming more explosive and more consistent, I think that reflection process can probably help think, figure that out that sometimes less is more. Um, from the approach standpoint in a game, has there been a, a time in, a, in games where you've had consistent success where you, then you went into a, an area where you maybe had a, a couple collars in a row where you didn't have success, did you ever go back to the journal and pick something up that helped you get out of that? Yeah, you know, I'd say one of the mistakes that I made in the past with the journal was, like I, I mentioned earlier, was I would write down the things that I felt like went wrong that I need to get better at, which I think is good to work on things you're struggling with, but at the same time, you have to understand that writing down the things that aren't going to make you successful, it's just going to almost ingrain those in your head. I've found that. So I'd say in the past, I mean, there's been times when I've just decided to go back and look at past success in my journal, and I've realized that. When I've had success, there was like almost a couple days where I didn't really write much down. A couple days where I didn't really, sometimes I might not even write anything down. And I realized that all the times that I wrote a bunch of stuff down were usually the times that I was struggling. And I've heard you tell me before that when you're, you know, struggling, usually there's 15 or 16 things you're trying to figure out and write down. And you actually told me the other day, a story about Nick Solak, who's, who's doing really well in pro ball right now, who, he started having really good success. He had a great month of June. and. All he wrote down in his, his notebook was just breathe. That was it. And that was kind of like, wow, that's something that I just need to kind of lock in on more. But from the approach side in games, I just try to keep it simple. I try to keep it non-mechanical. I try to keep it just what I was looking for. Was I on time? Like, how can I get myself back on time in games? How can I get myself more consistent? I think the important thing to, to point out for our listeners or viewers today is the reflection process. Good hitters are good hit hitters for a reason. And they, they analyze what they do well, they analyze what they don't do well, but the difference is they don't dwell on what they don't do well. And it's more getting back to what are the things that have made me successful, and I think the reflection process, whether you're doing that in a journal or you're putting it on your iPhone, you're gonna find when the times you are successful, the less that's going through your mind, the more you're just reacting and feeling. And then the times when you're not going as well and everybody wants to immediately pin their finger on something mechanical, in reality, that's usually the thing that has very little to do with why you're not having success. But it's easy to go to and blame a physical piece of it when you could be chasing pitches that are out of the zone, your timing could be off. There's a lot of things that I think the journal will help you reflect on to get you going back in the right mindset so you could be thought-free, react, and then have success again at the play. So I point this out today, and I think it's good to hear from some of the players that we work with that are on the higher end of the spectrum. Sam is trying to get his way out of Division I baseball and has the dreams and aspirations of playing pro ball like all of our young players do. But it's a process, and it's a process that you learn about yourself as you progress in the game. And that self-reflection is what's going to help you take it to another step. So my advice for you is to start a journal. If you have young, young players, you can do this at a very bare-bones level with parent or coach direction telling them things that they learned that day in practice. A lot of this goes into even the team defense aspect of what a player is doing, their defensive fundamentals. But getting them used to reflecting upon their performance. 
If they're not used to being able to articulate things into a journal, talk to them. Ask them questions. Day after a game, talk about the things that allowed them to have success in that game and that they're used to bring them out in the open. Until next time, this is Justin Stone from EliteBaseball.tv with you here with Sam Fulmini. Until next week, we'll see you on the field. Great stuff, my friend. Really appreciate your contributions each and every week to the show. And again, I highly encourage everybody to make sure they check out Justin and everything he and Travis are doing at Elite Baseball. Just go to EliteBaseball.tv. It'll be the best $99 a year you ever spent, I promise you. Uh, time now to go over to my friend and yours. If you're involved in the St. Louis baseball scene, you know this guy. He's a tremendous uh, asset to our community and the baseball uh, people in our area. He does a great job with all the kids. And Again, I, I always look forward to these uh, questions that come in each and every week. I, I know you guys do as well, judging by the amount I get. Remember, when you send them in, if you, know, if you don't hear your exact question, what I try to do is bring them, you know, look at all the questions, kind of figure it out, and then put it together and try to answer, like, you know, like this particular one we're going to talk about this week is something that's come in from so many people, and I understand why. It's you know exactly what we talked about today with Kevin. So I thought we'd get Rick's uh, thoughts on it. So. Let's go now to the Blast Motion Ask Rick segment from St. Louis Pirates Nation. Take it away, Rick. Hey, Jim. Thanks again for having me on the show again this week. And I know we have uh, a lot of questions this week with the Home Run Derby being uh, a fantastic event that we just saw this past Tuesday night. And, of course, one of the questions we get this week is uh, basically should my 8-year-old kid be concerned with launch angles? And uh, – I get that question a lot, uh, not necessarily on the eight-year-old, but just general players uh, worrying about launch angles and think, think that way. Usually, as baseball presents itself, when there is an important find and we do some research on what's actually happening in the game, uh, whether it be velocity or whether it be launch angles or whether it be bat speed or whatever it is like that, we tend to kind of take, it, take that to the extreme. But when you go back and you do research at some of the game's great players, they have a lot of things that they do well. Uh, and it's not just one particular type of thing that we see. Uh, for about a year or so, I focused a lot on launch angles and things of that nature. Luckily for me, I really kind of stayed on the focus of trying to create launch angles by moving efficiently. With all that said, said and done, when we talk about today's youth player, one of the things I'd like to see the focus be more on with the youth players, not necessarily the skill development, but on the athletic development side, we spend a lot of time on trying to create great baseball players on the skill, hitting them a ton of ground balls, uh, swinging the bat a lot, giving a, a great feel as to how that skill is actually presented. But so little attention is being placed on on the athletic side. And what I found out through the athletic uh, studying of athletes is that the guys who are more proficient, uh, more likely to move efficiently are going to be the guys who and are on time with their swing are going to be the guys that produce the greatest amount of launch angles uh, with that. I think we have a lot of guys that go into the batter's box nowadays and try to swing up and go from there. But as it pertains to a little youth player, the most important thing that they should be focusing on right now is making contact, putting the, the fat part of the bat on the, the middle of the ball as much as they possibly can. And that's what's going to give them ultimately some success in this ball game. Uh, is being able to do those types of things, not focusing on trying to create launch angles. I'll also tell you that launch angles will be important if you can hit the ball 90 miles an hour uh, from that perspective. If guys hitting the ball 60 miles an hour off the bat with launch angles, what we're looking at probably is a kid that's going to have a lot of weak fly balls and pop-ups. So hit the ball as hard on line as you can 
as you get older and you get stronger, you'll become more proficient at being able to uh, uh, create launch angles and drive the ball over the outfielder's head. Thanks again, Jim, for having me on the show this week. Look forward to the questions next week. Good stuff, my man. Again, another one of the contributors on here that never disappoints and uh, very, very happy to, to be a good friend, to consider, my, consider myself a, a friend of his. He does a great job, and again, I see it firsthand, and I entrust my son to him. So, you know, that's the highest compliment I can give the guy. So, again, great contributions from all the people involved in today's show. We're so lucky to have the Justin Stone, Rick Strickland, Kirk McNabb, uh, again, Kevin Wilson from Kevin Wilson Baseball does such a great job. Uh, can't wait to get my host, uh, co-host Spiker Helms back in here. Um, you know, he is such a testament to to baseball. I hope everybody realizes what a quality individual he is if you're associated with him in this community. You know, his Rawlings Tigers teams are always a real great example of what they're trying to do over there. So, uh, again, uh, if you're if you're interested, make sure you, you check out Spiker Helms over at Rawlings Tigers. Uh, I you know, hope you enjoyed today's show. Again, it's uh, it, it was one where you know we had a lot of things coming in, a lot of parents concerned about these these new terms and are they positively or negative negatively affecting their kids. So, you know, when that happens, it's time to go to the experts because uh, you know I, I know you trust these guys. We trust a lot of people with our kids, so I know people are always interested to hear what they what they have to say. Uh, again, I want to remind everybody you can find us at youthbaseballtalk.com. You know, it's 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 the way to listen to this show. What I'm most proud of is that it seems like when a new listener finds us, they kind of go back and download all our past shows. It's amazing how I people are still listening to the show that I did originally, you know, over two years ago. So very proud of that. It means a lot to me that, that people do that. It's kind of that Netflix thing, a lot of binge listening. The comments that come in from shows from two years ago make me very humble and appreciative for sure. And you can hear all those at youthbaseballtalk.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast through there by simply clicking subscribe to the podcast. Uh, social media is a big avenue for us. Remember, we are at Podcast Baseball on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook by typing in Youth Baseball Talk. Lineupmedia.fm is, is who we're proud to be a part of and we could not do the show without them and our producer, Brian Kroc. Make sure you check out lineupmedia.fm for all your podcast needs. I'm Jim Cromer, and we will see you next week. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.